0: Good morning and welcome to Breakfast with Beak. I am your host, Johnny Goodtimes. Joining me is my sidekick. I am Dr. Heisenberg. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning. Good morning, Beakniks.
1: Also, good morning. Hi. And a special good morning to Hassan Rouhani, next president of Iran, elected in a landslide this weekend. Wow, I have not been following that. Apparently, according to the press, he is the most moderate candidate the Ayatollah would allow. So, that's something. There you go. Yeah. You know,
0: the, the people of Iran, you now, um, you've, you've achieved something like a democratic society in that you get to choose the least bad option. Uh, yeah. You can. know,
1: <laughs> welcome to the club. Yeah, we know what that's like. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a good day for all the Iranian, uh, beak listeners out there.
0: Yeah, do we have those?
1: Uh, they get the internet in Iran, they? Don't get
0: they get the internet, but I mean, like. Well, we're on the internet. Well, yeah, but A, you know. I mean, the show is not in Farsi, you know, they might not be able to understand it. I'm sure it, or-
1: there's someone in Iran who can read English. Well, yes. And if they can read English, maybe they can get to archive.org, and, uh, you know, even if they, even if the org is blocked, they yeah. can find the file. That's
0: the other thing, it might, I mean, there might be some kind of firewall situation. Oh, it's a
1: possibility. Yeah. Well, yeah. then, uh, uh, big hello to the Iranian hackers who have gotten around the firewall to listen
0: to our show. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, hey guys. It's good use of your time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh shall we move on and roll the topic? Let's roll the topic. Let's roll the topic. All right. Okay, you're not going to interrupt for a change. <laughs> I mean... Ah! Son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> I wasn't until you called me on it. Now I feel obligated.
0: No, no, no. It's already happened. Okay. It's like, do I
1: have to make up another goddamn song? It's like no, every no. week... Oh, come up with a new way to interrupt the roll. Okay. Well,
0: there, there, it yeah. happened. It's gone uh, meta, we've shoved it up its own ass, yeah. like we do with everything.
1: Yeah. Okay, great. How about a classic? How about a, a classic like uh, like a Rustlin' song? Rollin', rollin', rolling. We ain't done that in a while. When was the last time we did uh, a good Wagon Train song on the show?
0: I don't know. Like, did we ever do a Wagon Train episode? Oh, Yeah.
1: Not well, that I recall, but there's been like 116 of them, and well, I can't remember them all.
0: Also, that's technically a Cattle Drive song. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah who's Captain Nitpick now? Still me.
1: Rolling, rolling, rolling. Get them nice rolling. Put it rolling. <laughs>
0: God damn it. Red and wind and weather. Hey, look over there. I said look over there. (laughs) Why? Because there's something great going on behind you. Oh, look what happened while you looked away. 27. (laughs) What's topping number 27, Johnny? (laughs) Most outlandish movie pitches you can create. Submitted by Derek in. Redmond, Oregon, we remembered this time. Yes. We forgot where you I, lived last time, Derek. I, I looked it up from last time and wrote it down again. Excellent. That's why we record it. Thanks, Derek. So. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I All feel right. like this topic, this suggestion... Outlandish well, movie pitches. That might have been inspired... We can do that. Well, we've done that. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That might have been inspired by your pitch a few weeks ago uh-huh. for Olympics. Uh, Absolutely, mm-hmm. Ketchup Olympics was a,
1: a film uh, that I, I pitched uh, a month or two ago. Yeah, uh, when we were talking about ketchup bottle strategies yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, so that was a good one. Yeah, Ketchup
0: um, Olympics was uh, terrible and embarrassing. It's,
1: it's great. Zach Galifianakis is going to be in it. I it's remember. Be I remember. A lot of fun. Um, We've pitched other films on this show. We right? We did.
0: We did. One time, I took a lot of Nyquil and made up some shit about. Ryan Reynolds is like a hunchback who works for Halliburton or something. I don't remember. I was on a lot of NyQuil. You
1: were really fucked up, but... Uh, like,
0: I've gone back and listened to that show, and <laughs> I, I can't fully make sense of the, how I got there.
1: It was pretty funny. People like hearing you on drugs, yeah. Well, we'll do that again someday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I once pitched uh, uh, my idea for Mothman versus Merman, but it got cut for time. Uh, That was a while ago.
0: Well, how about we talk about that right now? Tell Uh, me about Mothman versus Merman because this sounds uh, amazing.
1: Okay, so you and I
0: I do actually forget what it was because the first time you said it, I was not listening. Oh well, let's let's reprise that then. That's fair. Yeah, Um, Mothman versus Merman. Okay,
1: so all right, I was thinking I was thinking about how uh, the like what the next monster movie would be, right? Because like vampires are played out to death. Right, yeah. everyone's sick of vampires and in Twilight and everything. Yeah. Um. Um. Then like uh, werewolves got played out.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Also so, in Twilight, like
1: werewolves used to be just this kind of like side monster that would show up every once in a while. Like you know, yeah. Oz was a werewolf and Buffy, but it wasn't a big deal. Yeah.
0: Because well, that's because of your classic Universal horror films. You mm-hmm. know, especially your sort of central trio. Right. You know, Dracula, based on a famous novel, Frankenstein. Based on a famous novel. Wolfman. Put guy, <laughs> let's put a guy in a wig. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's no great werewolf book. Yeah.
1: It's just kind of like shit that, you know, it's like bog hogs and witches and stuff. It's just kind of like an added thing that's around, but no one really knows who started talking about it. What
0: the fuck is a bog hog?
1: boghog uh, bog hog is... I guess that's actually from a Douglas Adams novel. Yeah, it's a weird right.
0: little pig that lives in the bog in yeah, a Douglas they're, Adams novel. They're, they're
1: alien uh, swamp hogs, and they, they communicate through biting you hard on the thigh.
0: Yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, it's now just, you
1: remember what a bog hog is. Yeah,
0: but... Uh, I guess
1: Adams made that one up, though. That's yeah. an alien pig. So maybe, I mean, that, right. maybe
0: you meant swamp hag? Swamp hag?
1: Um. Well, yeah, there are swamp hags, but and, and, and woods witches and so forth. Exactly. Yeah, There's no great Victorian novel about swamp hags. They just show up from time to time.
0: Well, you know that's what they do. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but anyway, werewolves with the with the Twilight and the Teen Wolf and all Ooh, that shit gives
0: a shit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Sick of werewolves. Zombies. Same thing. Yeah. Zombies used to be really cool. Yeah. And then it's like. All right, like, you got your, your Walking Dead, and that's fine. And then you got your World War Z, which was a good book and looks like a stupid movie. Yeah. And you got your...
0: Well, Brad Pitt plays the, the, the central hero of that book, Handsome Pete. And uh, uh yeah, Handsome Pete's not in the book. I know. Uh there I is no central hero. I don't in actually here. know if that's his character name, that's just what I call Brad Pitt. No, he's Handsome Pete. He is. That's that's absolutely yes. right. And, uh, Brad Pitt
1: is always handsome Pete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, like I was trying to figure out like what's the next monster. Like we're everyone's sick of all the monsters. Are we talking monster, monster
0: monster or are we talking uh sexy monster? Uh,
1: either or. Alright. Either or. And I was thinking, uh 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 Mothman. We haven't done a lot with Mothman. There was one movie called The Mothman Prophecies. It's really only been the one Mothman. I found it really disappointing. Like you barely got to see the Mothman. And like it was like I came I paid for a ticket to see a Mothman and like he's on screen for like two seconds. You so, like, the for a ticket? Well, it was the nineties. But, uh, I think. Was it? Okay. I don't remember. But anyway, Mothman was a letdown. So, I was like, we need to remake Mothman, okay? Okay. And, like, you know, so really have him on there. But don't have just Mothman. Have a whole race of Mothmen, right? Okay. They live so in, like, trees and little huts, like uh, like Ewoks, kind of, but they can fly.
0: Where do moths live? Do moths live in trees or cocoons or, like, big sweaters? Moths don't live that long. Well, so Mothmen probably do. Yeah,
1: Mothmen do. So, so, they the, would, yeah, they would live in, in sky tree huts, but they wouldn't need, like, ladders or anything because they yeah. can fly. So, it's like their homes can be isolated safely. That's why you yeah. don't see them very often. Okay, fine. Yeah, but, you know, they can be sexy. You can have sexy mothmen and moth ladies.
0: You could totally do a, a, a steamy sex scene, okay, where, like, our our naive heroine is bedding down with the mothman. Right. And he undresses her by eating her sweater. Sure. Yeah. And, no. But then he, <laughs> that's what moths do. They eat sweaters. No. But then he
1: fucks her in the sky. It's like a, a sexy because he's flying. That's like the main Superman thing should
0: does. do if he knew he, if he knew anything about anything. Exactly. He never does. Yeah. There's
1: never a Superman fucking in the air scene, even though no. that seems like the main thing you do.
0: Come on, Superman, make love
1: like an eagle. I mean, regular hunks can like pick a lady up and like you know. Holder while sexing So like Superman should be able To do it in the sky So Mothman Mothman totally do that and then I was thinking, like, but they need uh, an enemy, you know, much like vampires versus werewolves.
0: Yeah, because, you know, those two just naturally oppose. We've all heard about that oh, all the time. Where the fuck did that even come from? I, I don't care. I don't care.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It was misguided once. It happened a hundred more times.
0: It sure did, Billy. Um, but so I was thinking, like,
1: uh, we bring back, uh, you haven't seen mermaids in a while, right? We no, haven't, no. So mermaids and mermen, merman. same thing. Yeah. Right? So you have uh, uh, the merman, and we know what mermen are. But when was the last time there was a good Mermaid Merman movie? It's been a while.
0: Are we counting the Little Mermaid? Are we counting animation?
1: Uh, it's the best we can do.
0: Then there's been exactly one ever.
1: Uh, no, there's been Splash starring uh, Daryl Hannah that, and Tom Hanks. Uh,
0: let's not go so far as to call Splash good.
1: Uh, okay, <laughs> that's fair. But that's the point. That's yes. the point. These Mothman and Merman can be the next great movie monsters for do for a reboot for a, a sexying. Where would they fight? Uh, on the well, because uh,
0: look because Mothman. Yeah. Live in the sky or the trees or a laundry hamper or whatever. Right. And mermen live in the water. So are they fighting on the land? Are they on some kind of boat? I'm
1: yeah, not- it's a, it's set on the the near the uh, beaches in the rocky cliffs in the Pacific Northwest. And well, because
0: well, Twilight's already there, you know. Right, right. It's
1: like we, you know, it's nice. It's like it's an. It's easier than New Zealand because it's here. Yeah, all right. But you got like, uh, it's you got a lot of rain. You got beaches and you got forests.
0: See, I, I, I tend to think of mermaids as indigenous to the Atlantic.
1: Um. Well, in this film, um, there are different tribes of merfolk, uh, in all the oceans.
0: Well, yeah, but you get into the Pacific, you start getting into, like, Japanese stuff, and I start thinking of, like, those those turtle guys, you know, like the Kappas or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, we're planning, once this, once this one takes off, like, five sequels. Okay. So eventually, like, the turtle people and everything will be in there.
0: Well, yeah. okay, good. As long yeah. as we get a good variety of... Let's call them Men of the Sea. Uh, uh, precisely, yeah. precisely.
1: Mothman versus Merman is going to be our intro, and then yeah. we're going to flesh out the expanded And then the universe. world's
0: going to get bigger and dumber, like fucking uh, True Blood, you know? At first it was just vampires, then it was werewolves and witches and a whole bunch of other shit that was not it very good. Cat people, all kinds of shit, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, there was totally, yeah, there's the dog man. Yeah. Yeah, he turns into a dog. Yeah. And, and other stuff, but, you know, I mean, he's dog cute man. when he's a dog. All right, so that's one pitch. Okay, there's a pitch. Mothman versus Merman. Right. I had a terrible idea a while ago. Okay, way to sell it. And that was, I want to take, you know, iconic films Mm -hmm. and just assign inappropriate remakes of them to the least appropriate director. I feel like that happens anyway. Well, no, they, they assign them to the directors they deserve. Okay. You know, right now...
1: Baz Luhrmann doing Great Gatsby.
0: Sure, you know... That sounds like the exact idea you're pitching. No, because Baz Luhrmann already... It has clearly always wanted to do the Great Gatsby, in that he's shown a remarkable talent for not understanding books. Right. So he's always wanted to do that. No, I'm talking, I want to see... Wes Anderson's Lord of the Rings. Mm. I want every time they ride into a new city or a new castle or a new town, Uh I want everything to pause for (laughs) a big uh, 2D cutaway diagram with little captions (laughs) on all the rooms. So you're talking wacky mashups between directors and classics. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I want them to ride into Minas Tirith and then everything stops and we get the big fucking life aquatic cutaway (laughs) of Minas Tirith where we have little things pointing out and then fucking Alec Baldwin comes on and gives a five minute explanation of what the white tree is. That sounds fun. And then the action picks back up again. I would actually like to see that. Yeah, I'd like to see a version yeah. of Lord of the Rings where they explain what that tree is. I mean, I'm not a huge Wes Anderson fan, but but that might bring me into the fold. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see him do epic fucking fantasy, you mm. know? All right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd, I would definitely be curious to see Jason Schwartzman's Frodo. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, totally.
1: You got any other examples of that trope? That, that particular uh, trope. That new... Uh, 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 style
0: That is really the biggest one. I don't know if I can top it.
1: Oh, it's the best one you've come up with in that style. Okay.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, you know, we can assign Tim Burton to direct whatever remake we want, but look how that keeps turning out. Yeah, I'm kind of done with Tim Burton remakes, as yeah. I feel like most people probably are. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm not saying, oh, let him direct whatever he wants, but maybe let him direct whatever he wants, unless he's the one who wants to do the remakes, in which case, don't let him direct whatever he wants. Put him on, you know, Shyamalan Lockdown, you know?
1: Yeah, or maybe put him on original ideas again, like like Beetlejuice and Scissorhands, like, you know, good movies.
0: Hell, there's still that Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian sequel kicking around somewhere. Uh, That's probably a piece of shit, (laughs) but let him do it, you know? Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, Michael Keaton's probably too old to play the role, but uh, who would
1: be a good new Beetlejuice?
0: It's Beetlejuice. He's dead. Who cares?
1: Who? <laughs> old Beetlejuice. Yeah. Old Michael Keaton.
0: I mean, I mean he's still a good actor, so yeah. maybe. To completely veer off in another direction, Okay. we were talking the other day, you and I, not on the show, All right. about how, you know, oh, there's never been a good Wonder Woman movie, and we were trying to think of who could be in it, and we were like, oh, damn it, if it was 15 years ago, we could get Xena? Well, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to think of who to cast right now in a good Wonder Woman role. Yeah. But there's been, there's been good female, like, you know, strong protagonists like Lucy Lawless. Yeah. Too old now.
0: To which I say, uh huh, fuck that shit, let's get Lucy Lawless and have her be fucking angry, brassy, middle-aged Wonder Woman. I mean... Wonder Woman who has fucking seen everything. Wonder Woman who has been on the job for years and is sick of your shit.
1: I mean, she's pretty great on Spartacus, so I can kind of see it.
0: And she's great on Parks and Rec uh, as just a regular lady. That's true. You know, so she can handle that secret identity thing. Oh, okay. You know, dating some dude who needs to be rescued because he gets tied up a lot. See,
1: here's the problem with with Wonder Woman is, like, as awesome as she is, like, the lasso and the invisible jet are kind of silly. So it's like you, you you stick more to like her combat skills and her strength and badassery. Yeah. No, is mean, the way to make it a modern movie.
0: I mean, Wonder Woman at times in in the DC universe, the DC animated universe, etc. Uh-huh. has just gone straight up sword and shield. You know, see that's old awesome. school fucking chop block chop block. You know, yeah. and we know Lucy Lawless can do that because she basically played that exact thing, right. So, you know, we do it like that. That way the fans get a little bit of, oh, look what she's doing, the thing that I like. And and yet we we avoid... The goofy, bat shittery of the, the invisible jet. Cause you know exactly what they would want to do for that, okay, for the invisible jet. Mm. It would be she gets in a fucking plane, and it's a proper plane, right. Then it takes off, and then there's some fucking shiny, chromey, fantastic four ass, qualm effect that goes over the jet. Yeah, that would be like. Yeah, like, that, that, actually, of all the things that piss people off about the the new Star Trek movies, and especially the new new Star Trek movie... Right. You know the thing that bugged me? Uh Uh-huh. Is the swirly shit when they beam. Oh, that's what bugged you the most? Just beam! Just do it the way! way. (laughs) Who gives a shit? You know who did Good Disappearing? Lord of the Rings. It's the cheapest effect in that whole movie. It's just a wipe. It is a wipe. That's yeah. true. It's yeah. just a wipe that goes out from his finger, mm-hmm. as though you know it starts in the ring. boom, You know, See, I mean, maybe it's really complex. You know, maybe they had to fucking do a digital scan of Elijah Woods' entire body and like you know render a perfect copy of it and erase it in, in real time or some shit. I don't know because they make it look so simple. Uh huh. And it's perfect. It's just,
1: See, the swirling doesn't bother me nearly as much as the uh, recycling of classic characters without any of the depth that made them (laughs) interesting in the first place.
0: Okay, yeah, that bugged me too.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I think is a problem with that movie. Yeah,
0: but Scotty is silly now.
1: Scotty was—he was always pretty silly. He was always kind of silly. Yeah, he 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 was was silly. So I don't have a problem with Scotty. I like Scotty.
0: Hell, I'd like to see you know the Scotty movie. I mean, not literally, uh, not uh-huh. literally, but, like, hell, I'm going to pitch the TV show. Oh, uh, uh,
1: What about the, the, like, a prequel? Because in the first Abrams Trek movie, he's just alone on that planet with that weird little gremlin. Yeah. What about, so, like, like what
0: happens prior to that? You see, now, there was a very <laughs> good movie a couple of years ago called Moon, but uh, the concept is there's this fully automated mining station on the moon, mm-hmm. and it needs one human on site to keep it going. Okay. And, you know, the, the movie's about revealing the sinister truth behind what's actually happening up there. Okay. But, uh, you know, that's the plot. Right. But the heart of the movie is this performance by Sam Rockwell as this guy who has been alone in this station with a computer that's about as smart as Siri to talk to. Uh-huh. And that's about it. Nice. Like, it's not, I don't think it's, like, truly intelligent. It's just, like a bit better than Siri, but not really.
1: It's like an early, very early AI. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so that's his only thing he has to talk to up there. Uh And so it's just a movie about him growing a big beard and having time to dick around while occasionally checking on, you know, the the mining stuff. Okay, but that's already a movie. Well, that's already a movie, but again, this movie has, you know, the sinister twist, and then, you know, people die and stuff. Uh So, Scotty... It's just the funny version. We know he doesn't die. Just <laughs> him and that gremlin, and no bullshit about how he met the gremlin or where he got his hat. You know, don't don't do that. Don't fucking do that. <laughs> he already has the hat. He and the gremlin get there together. We don't need to know. But we can um, write it apart for Nick Frost. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, he's the guy who calls up. He's, like... No, okay. He's working, like, tech support at some other station, (laughs) and and they're, like, phone buddies. Oh, okay. Because, like, he has to call him, and they have to call each other because their equipment's incompatible and stuff. That actually sounds pretty good. So they're, like, phone buddies working shit Starfleet jobs. Oh, I'd watch the hell out of that movie. You see, that's the thing. I want to pitch a TV show right now. Okay. Which is, like, a a Star Trek show. Uh Uh-huh. That's, like, yeah, there's a captain. Mm Mm-hmm. But the problem with Star Trek is the captain always needs to be somewhat relatable. Yeah. And so, although less and less that means some white guy... Well, they did go back to Bacula. Well, that was the past when we were less enlightened. Right, but it was the most recent show. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is that, uh, you know, even when it's not that, Uh it's never an alien, even though there are tons of alien captains. Oh, there needs to be an
1: alien captain. And they would
0: never do it because it's like, no, the captain's our main character. We can't make him an alien. And we especially can't make him like a weird alien. Representative
1: of humanity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I say Captain is, like, a recurring background character. The whole show is just about all the dudes down in engineering who are, like, standing behind Jordy. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. You know, and it's just about them fucking brewing moonshine down in the engineering bay. And you know, fixing shit—the unsung heroes of Starfleet. They'd be kind of like, like on uh, on Red Dwarf, like the main characters
1: are the maintenance men. Yeah, like the captain is is not an important yeah. role at all.
0: It's like these are the guys who they know how the ship works better than anybody, and they don't get to be—they the, don't get the credit. Her being heroes and shit. So it would be like uh, Reginald Barkley, the series. Yeah. 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 Okay. It would be Barkley, the series. I mean, not Barkley, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Barkley's been developed. Yeah, well, that's why he's not in it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I know where they went with him. But, uh, but yeah, it would be basically, a, I mean, let's get right down to it. It's the IT crowd, but on Star Trek. I think there's, there's room for that. Yeah. Yeah that could be good I would watch the hell out of that absolutely you know hell while we're doing you know TV shows and fake movies and shit uh huh okay I'd like to see you know how the History Channel doesn't do this anymore now it's all fucking aliens and Bigfoot and Nazi UFOs sure sure but, you know, they used to just do, oh, here's uh, an hour about the Peloponnesian War. Here's a picture of some shit on some pottery depicting some stuff that happened in the Peloponnesian War. And then we're going to talk about it a little bit. There's a narrator, and that's it?
1: Oh, you mean it's actually a show about history? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'd like to see, after all the books have been written and all the seasons have aired, uh-huh somebody do, like... Just the History Channel version of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Just, like, condense the whole thing down to an hour. See how important it is. Like, hypothetically, okay? Uh-huh. Let's say, because we don't know how it's going to end. Uh-huh. Let's say it ends with Daenerys wins, you know? She defeats the Lich King, sure. Defeats the Lich King and gets the Iron Throne and rules Westeros. Yeah, it's... it's- yeah. If that had happened in real life, and uh-huh. there was a, a something about that in the history books... Yeah. It would be like, you know, Robert was a good general, but a lousy king... After a short reign, he died in a hunting accident, Civil War broke out, and it ended with the Targaryens returning to the throne. Yeah. That's the whole series. That's how much space it would get in a real history
1: book. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of like between uh, uh, Henry VIII and Elizabeth I, Mm -hmm. there were a handful of Henry VIII's other heirs who were like little kings and queens very briefly, and they all met like dubious ends or they died soon or whatever whatever, yeah, like, yeah, there yeah. was, I think, Edward the First, who was, like, a sickly boy, and yeah. that kind of shit, and then, like, but you pretty much, you get to Elizabeth pretty quick, like, you can gloss yeah. over the entire Tudor era, Oh yeah, yeah. in, like, the amount of time you can go through, you know, the Baratheon brats.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, the, you know, they're they're not so great at being rightful heirs, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, that could be cool. I'd like to see that, and hell, while we're talking about fake documentaries, mm-hmm. you know, Okay. Before Bioshock Infinite, you know, a very big game <laughs> earlier this year. Okay. Before that game came out, uh-huh. like, because the, the centerpiece of the game was this floating city that had been built, like, at the end of the 19th century. Right. A, a part of the promo campaign for it was, like, this fake documentary. It was, like, an early 80s kind of, like, in search of Bigfoot, unsolved mysteries kind of thing. Yeah. About, you know... Whatever became of the floating city of Columbia? They made two of them, and they were each like a minute long. I,
1: I yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about, but well, okay.
0: The point is, they made these two little minute-long videos that were like this fake is in, early '80s in search of. This is in a video game. Uh, no, this is a trailer for a video game. Okay,
1: this is this is uh, extraneous Bioshock promotional material. Yeah, okay. But
0: the point is, they made two of them, and I'm like oh my god, fuck the game, make this. Like, make the rest of these. (laughs) Okay. And they never did, of course. They probably don't even have, like, a plan for that. It was just like, oh, we're going to make these two little clips of this fake 80s TV special about this weird unsolved mystery Uh that exists within the universe of the game. I'm going to have to agree with you on faith on this one, because I know nothing about Bioshock. Well, the point is, I, I, I like that concept just, Oh, hey, here's this crazy thing we invented just so players can go there and shoot shit. Uh Uh-huh. But it's pretty cool. Here's what somebody in 1981 would have had to say about it. All right. I'm always interested in that. Okay, I'm sure a Bioshock fan is listening and nodding. You know, uh, hell, I'm I'm interested in what people in 1981 had to say about all kinds of shit, you know?
1: Ah, that's fair. You
0: know, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed District 9...
1: District Nine was a good movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's like I'm curious to see the pure documentary version of it, mm. like as opposed to the half documentary, half narrative film. It was already kind of documentary. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't pure. There was no camera following Wickers around when he's turning into an alien. You know? Well, no. Like, and so you know, who's filming that? Smart guy. Yeah. So. Okay.
1: I, I, I wanna I wanna switch tracks a little here okay okay because there's a, another thing that I'm sure Hollywood is freaking out about because really weird properties keep being bought up oh right in the wake of the battleship move
0: oh yes yes I heard about this and I couldn't believe it was real
1: okay. So, uh, now, Battleship was a bad idea to begin with. It but sure was, Jimmy. Here's what happened, if anyone doesn't know already. There was already just a film about, like, uh, uh, not a film, a script about, uh, you know, a war on the seas with a Navy and aliens and shit. Yeah. And someone wrote it, couldn't get it made. Uh, They acquired the rights to Milton Bradley's battleship, slapped the title on it, and called it the movie of that game.
0: And I think they added something in about how there was, like, a big plastic pegboard between the ships and the aliens.
1: Uh, yeah, I... I Like the game. I I didn't actually see the movie. Neither did I, but there was a big
0: wall thing in the trailer, so I assume that's the plastic pegboard. (laughs) Okay,
1: but, yeah, right, uh, it's a little... Yeah. Uh, strategic with pins. Yeah, you sure. Because
0: you, you you stick the red ones in when there's a hit.
1: Stupid idea. Yeah. Point is, uh, since then, people have been buying up other Milton Bradley game titles. Yes. Uh, in theory, to make movies of. And one of the ones that has been floated around enough times that apparently someone is actually thinking about it. Hungry, Hungry Hippos.
0: Hungry, Hungry Motherfucking Hippos. Now hungry, now,
1: hungry Hippos is the game with the little plastic lever-operated hippopotamuses, and they eat marbles.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's a fun game for five minutes. Yeah, because that's how long it takes before the noise drives you mad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you eat the marbles. Whoever gets the most marbles wins. It's a race. It's a chase. etc. It's but, not
1: complicated.
0: No, but the, the point is that, A... The prospect of a Hungry Hungry Hippos movie Uh is literally a robot chicken sketch. I don't (laughs) mean it sounds like one. I mean they made one like eight years ago. Sure. Yes, they did. (laughs) The thing is there's so little there to make a movie about. Yeah, there's four hippos. They're four different colors. Everyone sits behind one and smacks them on the ass till they eat marbles.
1: Right. It's not complicated. There's no story there. There's no... no even like if you were going to make Candyland a movie, which is
0: also possibly happening. Yeah, well... Candyland least- is a story. It has characters and a journey. It has a setting. Yeah, It has an order they go through stuff. They go through the lollipop forest and the molasses swamp and some shit with gumdrops and I think there's some kind of candy cane place.
1: Even if it's as bad as a Katy Perry video, I get why it could be a movie. It does.
0: Now that you say
1: that, well, Katy Perry made a Candyland video where she shot whipped cream out of her boobs, and then well, Snoop Dogg showed up at the end.
0: I don't think that's going to be in the movie.
1: Well, but it'll probably look like that. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. But but,
0: Hungry Hungry Hippos, no story. So there's, there's it doesn't even have that. I mean, it but, doesn't even take place in like the game itself. Right. It's not in the jungle. It's just on a red piece of plastic. Yeah. It, it's not even really decorated to look like anything. But as a writing prompt.
1: If you were to just farm this up to screenwriters, endless possibilities! Okay. So, Alright, so we got a couple. So like, you can start out with, you just actually get some hippopotamuses, hippopotami, that are hungry. Okay? Okay. And, and, uh, uh maybe, um, they get a taste for blood. Because an actual hippopotamus is huge and vicious and dangerous. Oh,
0: yeah. They will stone cold eat a motherfucker. So,
1: like, let's say uh, someone's genetically engineering hippopotami to be the next food source because they're like super pigs. So, you know, maybe someone yeah, finds no, a way a, to... there's
0: hip- a lot of good meat on that Someone
1: finds a way to make a hippopotamus delicious. They start selectively breeding them. there something goes awry, and they become bloodthirsty. They get loose uh, uh, in the city. And they start eating people. So you could make it a a, a, a herd monster movie.
0: Yeah, and then yeah. Vin Diesel and The Rock have to get in cars with big cow catchers on the front, but like hippo-sized cow catchers? Absolutely. And like round that shit up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like that. It'd be like any movie where there's like a super shark or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or like you have to lure them out with marbles somehow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. Um uh, but then but then we could go further with that, right? Okay, yeah. Maybe the hippos aren't literally hungry, okay? Maybe they're figuratively, idiomatically hungry for something
0: else. Yeah, like, like say vengeance. Vengeance. Uh I would like to think power. I would like to think like Scarface, you know. Okay. Like he was a hungry young up and comer in the drug gang a, a game and eventually, you know reached the heights of power and lost it all.
1: You could do a cross between, like, Scarface and Animal Farm, okay? You know how in Animal <laughs> I Farm... Am so
0: ready for this.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, Animal Farm is an allegory, but what's actually happening in that story is pigs, under the guise of socialism, uh, uh, assume power and mimic human behavior. Yes. And eventually... Take over from humans. They're actually living in houses and sleeping in beds and wearing clothes and
0: stuff. Walking on two legs and so forth, yes.
1: Precisely, yeah. So, uh, uh, same story but with the uh, hippopotamus in the city. And yes, they begin to emulate humans. Of course, they're massive. Yeah. So they have tailors to make them special hippopotamus suits and, and leather shoes and whatnot.
0: This is actually
1: you very like, similar
0: to the robot chicken sketch. Yeah, yeah,
1: you get, like, mob boss, hungry for power,
0: hippo. Yeah. Okay, now I would like to think, okay, uh-huh. no literal hippos at all, mm. but Jason Statham
1: okay. plays
0: some manner of enforcer or fixer or whatever for some criminal mm-hmm. because he's Jason Statham All right. and he can go around owning fuckers. Sure. Okay, when he goes in to uh, wreak his particular brand of havoc... Mm-hmm. You know, he can't just be showing his face he can't be exposing himself like that, so he wears a hippo mask. (laughs) So it's just Jason Statham in a big, lime green, goofy, smiley hippo mask Uh just beating the shit out of people. (laughs) Like, it doesn't even have to be, like, a new character. It can be, like, we can combine it. We can do two movies. It can be Crank 3, Hungry Hungry Hippos 1. (laughs) Like
1: Slash, you know? Like Alien vs. Predator. Yeah, or
0: like the way that, that... uh, Human Centipede 3 and Sex in the City 3 are going to be the same movie. Sure, yeah.
1: absolutely. Um, all right, uh, uh, okay, uh, fourth pitch for Hungry Hungry I'm, I'm ready. All right, you remember the Expendables?
0: Yes. Okay,
1: uh, you remember the Ninja Turtles? Also yes. Okay, so on uh, Ninja Turtles, besides the Turtles themselves... The kind of expanded universe and the comics and the cartoons and everything just had shitloads of anthropomorphic animal oh, people.
0: Oh, yeah, and the action figures had even more, who I don't even remember ever seeing yeah, on you the had show. Bebop and Rocksteady. You had Ace Duck. Fucking Ace Duck, you I was had, about to say. You had a Triceratops man with there guns. Was, there was that weird Cajun crocodile guy who was all like... Oh, Leatherhead. Yeah. And he fought these four frogs. And they were all named after, like, Russian dictators or something. Oh,
1: there was... There was G- Angus and Attila and Rasputin. Okay. And, uh, yeah, like that. Yeah. And, um, and so... Rasputin,
0: yeah. that's the one I remember. Yeah.
1: So. There was, like, and I mean, I think there was a skunk guy,
0: but then that might have been He-Man. There was a skunk work for Skeletor. His name was Stinkor. Oh, yeah. And his action figure actually had a very discernible skunk odor. Okay, like yeah. Like, it had some kind of, like, odor pouch in it that made him actually, the action figure actually smell like a skunk. It was horrible.
1: Awesome. Yeah.
0: So, the point is... It was the worst toy ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least until the ooze became uh, viable.
0: Well, that just, then, that, that, just, that just felt weird, but you didn't have to touch it. You had to smell Stinkor if you were in a room with him.
1: Yeah, you weren't a
0: parent cleaning up carpets in the 80s. Yeah, well... Yeah, <laughs> Uh, I was a responsible child. I kept that shit off the carpet. Anyway, you were the only one. Uh, the point is, we are we are familiar with big, buff anthropomorphic animal people in combat situations. That's why everybody on the internet likes to masturbate to that now because we had so much of it in the eighties. It's true. So
1: this is why it's going to be marketable. So then, The Expendables is all the old action heroes uh, in one big, you know, combat. Whatever violent situation, right,
0: I don't actually know the plot, but you're correct,,
1: uh, yeah, they're all big buff motherfuckers who are too old for this shit, and they're uh, yeah. they're doing something fighty, yeah, it's like
0: they let's go for one last mission, fellas exactly, I'm
1: Bruce Willis
0: or whatever I don't know.
1: so the expendables, but with hungry, hungry hippos, <laughs> okay, they're old and grizzled, they've seen a lot of action, a lot of combats, a lot of stories, a lot of fucking us. marbles. and uh, yeah, a lot of marbles. And they're they're hungry for vengeance. Yeah. Okay? And so they're like the big buff ninja turtle type animal people okay, with the, like, giant laser guns and stuff, and they're old and grizzled action heroes like Bruce Willis and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: Let's just do a straight-up massive toy crossover. Uh You know, the Hungry Hungry Hippos are the heart of the film, you know? Yeah. But then we could have, you know, a bunch of the lesser Ninja Turtles characters and a bunch of the lesser He-Man characters and stuff. All the old, weird animal characters. Fuck it, we get Bucky O'Hare in that shit, man. Bucky O'Hare is a completely different canon, but yeah, he's a space... Well, so are the Ninja Turtles and He-Man and Hungry Hungry Hippo. He's a
1: space rabbit with, like, a duck pal. I think yeah. the duck has four arms. It's been a long time we since. We get the
0: battle toads in there, man. That's a video game. Yeah, well... Uh- <laughs> But the point is, yeah, and because you know everything else, they all just pop up in Hungry Hungry Hippos of the game all the time. The rest of this made total sense. See, the but thing then is, it got stupid. The thing is,
1: every time they they bring back the Ninja Turtles or something, yeah, they like they they make it less weird and less weird. Yeah, like it's like all right, all right, let's get April and let's get Casey Jones because he's a human. Yeah, and uh, you know we got the Shredder, but like they never put Krang in anything. The Foot Soldiers are never robots anymore, and they. They never have the thousand other fucked up mutant monster guys. Yeah. So it's like, I think they need to, you know, make a Ninja Turtles movie that is as weird as it was in, like, the days when it was the biggest.
0: See, that's an interesting concept right now, because, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the, you know, sort of DC Universe, like, comic book stuff, not the movies, God help us, mm-hmm. but, like, a lot of the cartoons now, and, like, uh... I mean, I've talked about All-Star Superman on this podcast before. Sure. In the comics, you know, and they also did the animated version of that. Right. But, like, you know, there's a Batman cartoon now and stuff where where the whole thing is very heavily influenced by just goofy Silver Age. Here come the super pets. Here are the giant crossovers. Batman is fighting aliens and gods all the time because, fuck it, it's the Silver Age and everything's silly. You okay. know? Okay. And, I mean, obviously there were no Ninja Turtles back then. No. You know, they didn't exist till the 80s. Right. But the Ninja Turtles, especially in their first cartoon incarnation, uh-huh. got as silly as Silver Age DC Comics.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So I think that there is definitely a, a space for, like, the Ninja Turtles equivalent of a Silver Age revival. See, that... That that era was when the Ninja Turtles
1: were the most popular and therefore the most profitable. Yeah. And I feel like a return to that is what would make them worth the effort again from a studio standpoint.
0: You see, it's a lot to cram into a movie is the problem. It would be one of those like, this is for fans only, you're not going to understand this... Critics are going to go see it and they're going to come out and say, I have no idea what I watched, so I can't in good faith give it a bad review, so here's two and a half stars. Like Akira. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, this is why I don't like movies anymore in general is because the story is so fucking oversimplified.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the,
1: like that's why you can do a ten episode miniseries and get so much more meat yeah. in a story.
0: That's the thing. Now that serialized television has become extremely Good. viable. Yeah, yeah, it's not just soaps and nine hundred two one zero anymore. Right. Which is also kind of a soap. Yeah, yeah. it was it was a prime time soap. It, it, it's not just rich people being sad about shit anymore. Right. And and even when it is, they're sad about realistic shit. Yeah, not ridiculous shit. Right, and so yeah, just the fact that that medium is becoming viable, it's like wow, that has really exposed the shortcomings of film.
1: It really, really has. It's like, and I was saying that before Steven Spielberg was, yeah. but I see Steven Spielberg just said that yeah. this week. I'm sure he's been thinking it for a decade, just like I have.
0: Well, the other thing Steven Spielberg said this week was that. Lincoln came very close to being an HBO original.
1: That's not a problem. It probably yeah. would have been twice as long and would have fleshed out some more stuff that they couldn't fit in the movie.
0: Well, yeah. But the, the point is that just the fact that he had to go through that, uh-huh. it's like I'm sure the whole time he was thinking, oh, my God, I, I picked the wrong fucking medium. I only had 30 good years in this.
1: Yeah, I feel like Spielberg could retire or just make a TV show. Yeah. It's like, if you're sick of film, and I don't blame you because, again, movies suck now, you know what, Spielberg? You're Steven Spielberg. Make a
0: great TV show. I mean, he's produced a few shows and miniseries over the years that have... produced some cartoons. Uh, have not wowed me, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But... Uh, No, I mean, I feel like if he sat down and was like, fuck it, we're straight up doing this. I'm Steven goddamn Spielberg. I'm bringing all my power to bear to make some TV show. What's it called? Who gives a shit? It's the TV show that Steven Spielberg made.
1: Do you remember when they were talking about making the sequel to E.T.? And it was going to be on, like, E.T.'s planet. Oh, And it never went anywhere, and it probably would have been a shitty movie. And the only remnant of it that ever survived was in the Universal Studios ride.
0: I was about to say the only thing that it eventually became a ride, yeah. It became a ride, yeah. Now, what if
1: Spielberg made the sequel to E.T., but a television show, like a 13-episode show, where you could really develop E.T.'s planet and society and shit? That could be good. I mean, E.T. is annoying. Yeah. I mean, he talks like this, and he's kind of like a weird little gnarled retard, but... Brutal. But, you know, you could have, like, maybe that's just because it's hard to adjust to English. Maybe on his planet, they speak intelligently. I mean, they must be kind of intelligent. They can build spaceships.
0: I assume they have some kind of uh, glowing finger-based communication. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, but, you know, that's the other thing. Science fiction shows need to be weird again. Okay, yeah. like, like, fucking, uh, uh, you know, Revolution, lame. Um, sexy, but lame. Yeah. Uh, what's that new one on the Sci-Fi channel? Defiance. Defiance. Defiance is made by the guys who made Farscape, which was one of the coolest and weirdest sci-fi shows. Yeah. In comparison, Defiance is. Boring. Yeah, no, it's not crazy enough at all. It's like he, the guy who made Farscape should be able to make a show way weirder and more fun than that. Farscape was
0: fucking manners. It was, I mean, and it was <laughs> ruled. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, there are sometimes you get people who are like, oh no, I'm going to take my sci-fi seriously when I make my movie, not my TV show. Mm-hmm. But there are always guys like M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. Right. Who recently is now making a shitty movie in which he decided every character should have a future accent, <laughs> which yeah. is one of those things that works really well in a book that you don't have to hear. Uh huh. And he's like one of those guys who's like, "No, I'm fucking principled," and he is very principled about all the worst things.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's like when you let uh uh. uh Who's that asshole who's, like, a fake writing professor and stuff? James Franco? Yeah. Oh. It's like, it's like when, like, James Franco was, like, the Wizard of Oz, and he was just like, I'm going to do my regular James Franco voice, and it doesn't matter if it fits anywhere, and everyone in the movie can do their own accent. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's yeah. Oz. It's silly. Yeah, it's Yeah. Like that. What the fuck?
0: No, no. It should be, it should be, as I said, manners. Yeah. That's my pitch. Yeah. Just, some Just make
1: everything nanners.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep it nanners. Keep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are we good? Yeah, no, we've inspired Hollywood... We've given them ideas, we've told them what to do, and how to do it, and why they suck, Uh, and why we're great.
1: If anyone uh, wants to get in, you know, we can write or expand on these scripts, do some punch-up. If you want to call us in, uh, write to org, where you can find us. If your porno
0: movie needs better jokes, we've talked about this.
1: Yeah, always always in for punch-up. And if you want to send us a topic for the show, you can do it, same email address. Yeah. Yeah, follow us at, at The Beak, at Doc Heisenberg, and at Beak Network on Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com press
0: breakfast with the beak, dot with beak. and uh, all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So until next week, nanners. <laughs> <laughs> I just like saying it.
1: This has been a production of the Beak Podcasting Network. Visit thebeak.org to learn more about this and other quality podcasts. Seriously, guys, so awesome.